wonderful show. We are glad you're on board with us today. Certainly appreciate it. Got a lot to get to. You got Randall Cobb going to New York. You got NBA on tap. Baseball back at it again tonight. Brewers lose last night 3-2 to two in a tough one. But uh, the NFL draft is now come and gone. All sights are on the Green Bay Packers and probably more so on Jordan Love. But you got a defense as well that is uh, in the midst of a reconfiguration uh, as they add additional pieces. And you're hoping for the, uh, the, the first-year guys to make that second-year leap. To talk more about it, Sean Merriman, the former Charger, Bills linebacker, three-time Pro Bowler as well, joining us on the hotline. Sean, how you doing today? Hey, how's it going? We are doing extremely well. So, uh, first of all, I know it's also Fight Week, which uh, you are you are involved in, not only with the nickname Lights Out, but it's named Lights Out. So you got extreme fighting going on this week as well, right? Yeah, we actually have a huge event uh, this Saturday uh, in Los Angeles. For those of you who can't get there, uh, check us out on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV. We'll be live from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific. So if you don't have football, make sure you get this one. This is going to be our biggest uh, our biggest fight card yet. That's taking place. You can get it on Fubo. It's going to be out in Burbank, California. Should be a lot of fun and a lot of action. I know a lot of people here like their uh, like the extreme fighting and all that goes along with it. I, I did want to ask you when you were coming out of Maryland. I'm going to have you harken back to your days. When you're coming out of Maryland and you're going into the NFL, you got uh, a lot of new players. Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa coming to the Green Bay Packers. Second-year players, the guys out of Georgia and Quay Walker playing linebacker and Devontae White on the defensive front. How how much do you absorb your first year going into your second year? Well, you know, the first year you got to remember a lot of these guys don't have time to come from college, right? So you, you declare for the draft, you turn around and get an agent, and then you start working out for the combine. Right, and so after the combine, you get right to rookie minicamp, OT, uh, OTAs, and you go right into training camp. So that first year of going to the NFL, you have no off season; you just roll right into it. So as you start to kind of have try to wrap your mind around the NFL and and everything that offensive coordinators have to offer, how much do they attack you as a player? You know, because you play the linebacking position, so you're calling everything, you're seeing the field, you're moving side to side. How much do they try to attack you as a rookie to test you and see what you got? Well, it's easier on the defense side of the football, right? Because normally a pass rusher or defense alignment, something like that, these guys can play early. It's not a learning curve other than – just learning uh, motions and being able to flop left or right, that's the hardest position. But as a quarterback, it's the hardest its the hardest thing to do because you know that these defenses are trying to confuse you, throw everything at you, and just see what you know. And the speed of the game is much different when you get into the NFL. So um, I've always actually been against rookie quarterbacks just getting on the field and playing early until they get their feet under them. Now you've got a guy like Jordan Love that uh, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers moves on and you got Jordan Love sitting three years behind Rodgers. What, if you're sitting on the Green Bay Packers right now, what would you expect out of that quarterback, even though he hasn't really started, but he's basically been there and absorbed that system and followed a guy that obviously is going to be a Hall of Famer? Well, you look, I, I say this. Um, when they went out and drafted Jordan Love, they would expect to get Aaron Rodgers out of there, right? They wanted to replace him at some point in time, and now they have to uh, find out what he has, right, what he can do, how he can perform. But I'll tell you this. It says a lot when they only sign you to a one-year deal. Um, they want to go out and see you perform. I would not be surprised if they go out and try to get another quarterback to back him up or possibly 
uh, this in this next draft while I'll draft quarterback for the next five years because if you believe in a guy, you, you support him, you just don't do one-year deals. The, uh, the As a guy that's played in the league, you've been a pro bowler, you've been an all-pro, and then you see Rodgers go to another team. Now, we all know, I mean, you didn't end your career in San Diego, the team that got you, so you ended up with, with the Buffalo Bills. We've seen Joe Montana go to Kansas City. But to watch a guy kind of become almost ill will with the former team and move on. We saw Favre do it as well. As a, as a, as a guy that's been there, done that, give me your thoughts on all of that and the controversy and all the drama that went on on both sides. Well, you know, first off, uh, it's, it's a business, right? Most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, you're not going to play with your, your only team, not in today's game. But I think that when they went out and drafted Jordan Love, they told him a long time ago that he wasn't going to be there. Right, they could have gone out and got him weapons at wide receiver position or offensive lineman or a big play defensive uh, player, but they went out and drafted a quarterback. So we all knew that this was going to happen. They were going to move on at some point. Uh, there, was, there was drama and controversy every training camp. Him getting there, so we knew that was going to happen. But he had Jordan Love had some shoes to replace, man. I mean, he's coming into uh, you know Hall of Fame or somewhat one of the best that ever played a game. Uh, and it just says a lot to me when they do a one-year deal. You know, someone that, who you think is going to be around for some time, you just don't do one-year deals and put those guys in a position to test the market after this year. Talking with Sean Merriman, former Charger and Bills linebacker, three-time Pro Bowler, a couple of time All-Pro as well, and uh, into the fight game now. So, you know, there's some guys that go into wrestling after their career. There's other guys that just kick back, kick back and take it easy. They get into being analysts. You get into the extreme fighting, man. How did you get involved in all of this? You know, to be honest, uh, I started to train between 2005 and 2006. So I was in a gym one day with Jake Glazer over at Fox Sports, and Jay said, man, I, I know you grew up boxing, but I think MMA would help you with your hand-eye coordination to be a better pass rusher. And I said, cool, no problem. The very next day, man, I was training with Randy Couture, one of the best uh, MMA fighters of all time, uh, and I started to do it every single offseason. I really do credit it to uh, – you know, me having the, the, the season, being able to rush the passers, I did. How much, you know, because I hear all these guys that go and talk with Jay Glazer about that. I mean, Jay Glazer, how involved is he in that and in the training aspect of things? And how many guys train with him? Because you're not the first person to say that. No, I mean, back then I was training with Clay Matthews and Rich Incognito and a lot of uh, former athletes, Mar Mercedes Lewis, uh, used to be in the gym a lot. And this was over, you know, over about a decade ago. So, you know, I got a chance to train with some of these guys. I think it's very beneficial for uh, especially a defense player or a pass rusher to transition and use some kind of combat sports. It helped me out a lot. And you're going to see, I mean, you see a ton of former athletes. You know, Le'Veon Bell just had a fight. Adrian Peterson fought. Um, Greg Hardy. I mean, they, you have a ton of uh, former athletes that are now getting into combat sports, and then we're happy to just get them in the lights out extreme fight. And I have two guys that's uh, being dealt to XFL now that's waiting to sign contracts with lights out extreme fight in the fight. Interesting stuff. Sean, the, the fight is coming up on uh, this weekend. They're going to be in Burbank, California. People can follow it on Fubo and get it there as well. And uh, look forward to it, man. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. You and I had a chance to sit down and chat a little bit back at Super Bowl, but always great to talk to you, my friend. We certainly appreciate it, okay? You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Talk to you soon. There you go. Sean Merriman, uh, the former San Diego Charger, former Buffalo Bill, joining us for a couple of minutes. I, I will say this, um, looking at the, obviously, Jordan Love's contract and, and where it's at. Now, when he talks about the one-year deal, 
it kind of is. You know, when you look at 2023, he can become an unrestricted free agent in 2025. Uh, next year will be kind of that that figure-it-out year, so to speak. But I am um, I'm really interested. It's not just a one-year deal because he's got 2023 and 2024. Okay, so we know that. So it's not a one-year deal, but in essence, they just picked up an option year, but what they did was make it more team-friendly. So they could give him an opportunity to say, okay, let's go show your wares. I I was asked yesterday, you know, who won that deal? Who won that deal, the Packers or, or Jordan Love? Both, I thought. Jordan gets paid, and the Packers get a chance to take a look at him. And think, okay, does he got it? Does he not? And I think what I got out of this deal was Goody did something incredibly sensible. And that is you don't, as he has stated before, you don't know specifically what you have because Jordan Love hasn't won anything. He hasn't won a game yet. So, on that level, I, I think, you know, he did the right thing. What I did take away was, for all the propping up of Jordan Love, oh, he's ready. He, he's uh, he's ready to fly. I mean, he's, he's ready to, you know, take over as a starting quarterback in the NFL and all of that that we got in the offseason and last offseason, you know. Um. I think it's rather interesting they didn't give him a long-term deal. Now, like I said, responsibility-wise, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. But if you're that confident in a guy and you jumped up to get him in the first round, don't you figure from what you've seen behind closed doors that you'd go, oh, this is the guy. We can tell. We can tell. He's ready to go. You know? Prairie uh, Prairie Boy says, Bill, I don't think that the front office with Goody really caused much drama. They mostly kept the comments to themselves as much as possible. No, what I'm talking about is not necessarily the drama caused by both. It's more so, you know, take a look at, you know, the, the complicated fellow remark. And you can take a look at, uh, you, know, um, you know, Goody trying to, you know, downplay the significance of Jordan Love until you didn't need to anymore. And taking Jordan Love, which really began and triggered all of the controversy to begin with. And remember, they did things a certain way prior to Aaron Rodgers getting pissed and then coming in and basically the airing of the grievances at the podium a couple of years ago. And then they came down and spent a lot of time kissing Rodgers' ass. And it, it, there's enough drama to go around. I know the team tried to stay above the fray and tried to stay out of it. But I do credit Goody for specifically lately. For some of the answers, he's like, look, I don't want to really get into this. I'm just going to give you what you're asking, and we're not going to tell you all the details. But, yeah, we did try to get a hold of Aaron Rodgers. We did try to try to talk to him. We did try to do this. And and they just finally got tired of taking it. They finally got tired of, you know, being thrown under the bus and said, look, we did do this. You know, and then Rodgers isn't going to lie, right? He's not going to go, they never contacted me. Check the phone records. They never contacted me. 
Because then all you got to do is say, if the if the Packers really wanted to, they could say, nope, here you go. Here we try to call him eighteen times. Here's the dates. Here's the times. Here's what we did. Because there's everybody's got records for that. So he's not going to lie. So then he took it to the oh well, you know, I've got an eleven million dollar home and bad cell service. So you got to FaceTime me. Come on, you and I both know that's crap. So they just kind of stayed above the fray. You know. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us and hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. And, again, you've got uh, coming up uh, this weekend, you've got uh, the big um, the big fight night, so to speak, which is called Lights Out 9, Extreme Fighting, presented by Family First Life, uh, part of Sean Merriman's group. They're going to be in Los Angeles, California, at the Marriott Burbank, which is in uh, Burbank, California. And you can find it on Fubo, F-U-B-O, Fubo. TV, so good stuff there. Into the extreme thing, there you go. Have at it. Have at it. Um, Jesse, nope, I already read your email. One other one, Jesse. I don't want to get into that again. Don't want to do that. Um, this is from Anthony. He says, uh, the Rogers comic. Hey, Bill, did you ever read the web comic, The Draw Play? It's about Rogers and the Jets today. A little, uh, a little much, but funny. I, I haven't, Anthony. I'll have to take a look at that. The draw play? I'll take a look at it. Um, Chuck says, do you see a dramatic difference in these two players that would lead you to think that Reed will actually be an NFL wideout? Uh, Amari Rogers versus Jaden Reed. Feels a lot like the hype we've had with Rogers a few years ago. That's from th- uh, Thanks. That's from Chuck listening to us in Dubuque, Iowa. Chuck, um, I, I'll be honest with you. Whenever you start to talk to me about um, draft choices and comparisons and you look at Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed is, uh, I don't, let me preface this, he's a second-round draft choice. The guy that has the designation of being a failure until proven a success is Tucker Craft, and I don't mean because of his just overall ability. I mean because third-round draft choices come to Green Bay to die. They just do. The third in twenty-five plus years of third-round draft choices, the Green Bay Packers had maybe three that have stuck. I don't know what it's been. I don't know why it's been. But up until recently, it has just been the place that third-round draft choices go to die. So as much as we want to talk about Jaden Reed and the wide receiver from Michigan State, and I, I do, from what I understand and what I've read, I mean, slot guy but can really close all the things that we've talked about, all the intangibles, uh, decent leaping ability, not great, good speed, good hands, uh, all of that, you know, it's all the athletic things that we hear this time of year. But – I really hope that the tight ends pan out, and I really hope that, that, you know, both of them, not just one of them, but both of them, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft pan out. But Tucker Craft has the terrible designation for the Green Bay Packers of being a third-round draft choice. And you and I both know that third-round draft choices do not work out in Green Bay. At least historically, they haven't. That's why you knock on wood and pray. What would you pray more for, though, historically? Something that doesn't happen. One, a back-to-back-to-back great quarterback in the NFL, which would mean Jordan Love would have to be the guy. 
or you get a spectacular third-round draft choice in Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State for your team. If one of two out of history breaks the mold, which would you rather it be? I think I genuinely, genuinely would know the answer, but thought I'd throw it out there. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, and it's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, there's a lot of window companies out there, and but there's one that everybody seems to choose. You go out for the rest, you come back for the best, and that's our friends at Pella. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, and they have the free, free in-home consultation. And if you uh, do like I did, as I sit down here today in the great room and I look off to my right, and there's the beautiful door that now matches the other door, and they're both sound, they're both secure, they both keep the elements out, they keep the warmth in, and they cool cool air out, and vice versa in the summertime. Um, absolutely love it. And uh, whether it's beautification for the outside of your home with curb appeal, this time of year as you might start to think about maybe selling your home. Also, if you do and you have old windows in your house, you get the windows replaced, and it ups the value of your home tremendously. So think about that as well. But 0% interest, 48 months right now through Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And whether it's the innovations like roll screen, slider windows, the toe kick that's on the bottom of the uh, the big do- patio doors that I have. And when you kick that little slide, you kick, there's a little slide on the bottom of the door. And you kick it sideways, and it, this pin comes out, and it locks the doors together. And you, you can't open them. It's, it's better than having that little wood stick in the doors. So... It's they're 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 awesome, and again, whether it's beautification or just uh, different you know different types for different budgets, whether it's the vinyl, the impervia, or three different types of wood windows, they have something for everybody. That's our friends at Pella. Call them eight five five Pella W I. That's eight five five P E L L A eight five five Pella W I. Or go to Pella W I dot com. That is Pella W I dot com. Um, this one is from uh, Christopher. And Christopher says, uh, hey, guys, I think that Jordan Love is going to go through a learning curve. Do they then extend his contract again next year? Or do they begin to draft and bring in other quarterback prospects? Uh, So in in other words, Christopher, what you're saying is he's going through a learning curve, meaning he's not going to be that good this year. But what do you do? Well, I think you're going to be faced with – I, I guess it's it's a great question. I, I guess you look at it as what does he absorb? What does he do co- correctly or well? What does he do that would lead you to believe he's not getting it or doesn't have the ability? Those two things you have to weigh. And then determine whether or not it's the offense or it's the quarterback play. I get the sense that if Jordan Love just comes out and looks like, okay, he's the real deal, they could you know, if he plays the first two months of the season and you're, say, eight games into the season and he's playing lights out 
and doing everything you want him to do, and he actually shows the growth that you believe he 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 has, you could extend him. You could extend him during the season. You know, you don't have to, but you could. You know, I, I think a lot of the questions are really good questions. But I think I think we're putting the cart before the horse because you you don't know. There's a lot of what ifs. I mean, I'm sure the Packers are prepared for every scenario. But you know, what if you go through eight games and he gets it, and then defenses who have had a chance to look at his tendencies in the last nine games of the year? Whoop his ass. You don't want I don't think you want to dive into a contract extension seven, eight, nine games in. I think you want to let this season roll and then see what happens. I think we're just too quick to proclaim something. I mean I, I, I and again, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I, I and I know that. Because I've had a predetermination from the day he was drafted. Now I I sit back with my arms folded and I say, okay, let it play out. Prove me right, prove me wrong. But I think we're really grasping at straws to try to get some kind of solidification right now as to what he's going to be or what they're going to do and what direction they're going to go. And Because it's uncertain. This is an area we have never... A lot of us in our lifetime. Now, I, I've been a Packers fan since, God, I was probably eight years old, six, seven, eight years old. You know, my I've, my mom and dad were, were Bart Starr fans. I mean, we kind of grew up with Packers football. My dad uh, grew up in southern Indiana. My mom grew up in Cincinnati working for the Cincinnati school system. That's They met. But I, my dad was always, uh, you know, he always watched the Bears and the Packers and and still, when the Bengals became a franchise, he watched them and became a fan of them. But whenever the Packers were on, man, that was what we did. We sat down. If, if Cincinnati was on, on one channel, and the Bears were on the other, or excuse me, the Packers were on the other, especially if they were playing the Bears, man, that's what we were watching. So, you know, but for many of you, all you've known is is tremendous quarterback play. We've never been in this position and and you know i know some of you go well we didn't know what rogers brought well but you did because rogers don't forget when they drafted him he was expected to go number one overall he was it was either him or alex smith nobody could have predicted the fact that he fell to 24 and that ted thompson would be sitting there going i'm gonna grab him and everybody in Green Bay was going to go, what the F are you doing? You need weapons for Favre. Favre's going to win a championship. Favre's going far. you got to go with Favre. Nobody wanted Aaron Rodgers. Not at that particular point in time they didn't, but Ted saw something and said, yeah, we might want to go in this direction. So Jordan Love's different. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody really had him projected as a high first-round draft choice. It was second or third round. That's it. Uh, James says, all we know is tremendous quarterback play. Yeah, I like that, Bill. That's true. That's true. 
Um, Will Tell says, uh, we didn't know good quarterback play last year. Rodgers didn't even have a single 300-yard game. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care about a 300-yard passing game. I just don't. They won a seven-game win streak. He, they blew it at the end. I'll go along with that. And they they probably should have had Jordan Love play a game or two after Rodgers broke the thumb in England, in London, England. The season got off to a bad start. The controversy leading into the season with Devontae, picking up Christian Watson, who started out slow. The offense had uh, offensive line had their problems. Christian Watson just gets it back into a groove and got hurt again. Romeo Dobbs got into a groove and got hurt. Samari Torre started to become a go-to guy, and he got hurt. I mean, it just, you know, and like Puxatani Phil popping out of the hole every year, you know that Randall Cobb's going to miss four games. It just, it never got off the ground. The defense was awful. Death by a thousand cuts until finally Matt LaFleur looked at Joe Barry and said enough. I mean, there was, there was, you know, there was a lot of good quarterback play. And when I say tremendous quarterback play, we'll tell you, you want to go back to last year and look at the lack of 300-yard games, who cares? It has been basically 15 years of great quarterback play. Overall, it's been great quarterback play. Don't nitpick. Don't be a Jerry Springer guest. God rest his soul. Don't do that. And Rodgers wasn't awful last year. He was less than what we were expecting, but he wasn't awful. And you look at a lot of other quarterbacks in the league, they would like to have his stats. Go go to NFL.com. Go to offensive leaders, which is the quarterback position. Go look and see where he ends up. He was mid-pack. He was mid-pack. 16 to 25 quarterbacks, less than him. 16 to 20 quarterbacks, better than him. He was mid-pack. It's not awful. That's average which you consider to be awful. But it is what it is. And even in years in which Rodgers had won MVPs, because you say you, you're, you, people's, people's comeback is, well, he, he, he ignored open receivers. He did that when he was winning MVPs. That's, not, that's nothing new. You can't all of a sudden point at that and go, well, that cost him. It's been costing them for years. He won an MVP doing that. You know? So, eh. But it's been tremendous quarterback play for 15-plus years in Green Bay. And I'll say this right now. You can argue that fact until you're blue in the face, but there is probably – 15 to 18 teams in the league that would kill for that. Kill for that. Why do you think they're out of their freaking minds in New York? Don't forget about that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hey, uh, our friends over there at Lux Golf. L-U-X-E. LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. Not only... Are the Lux Golf Bays wide open? They're heated. They've got uh, bar service. They've got food service. They've got all kinds of good stuff there. But also, don't forget that uh, other stuff in the area is open as well. The Milwaukee Milkmen are going to be getting underway coming up this week, uh, next weekend, May 16th. 
opening day at Franklin Field, May 16th. Um, they've also got full season ta- uh, ticket package uh, packages available. Uh, Lux Golf, like I said, it's open. 57 bays on three stories overlooking a 250-yard-long turf. And the Umbrella Bar is open at the Rock Complex, the first venue of its kind in the Midwest. Huge umbrella with a bar underneath it. Uh, you sit outside, you enjoy the fire pit, got music outside on the weekends. It's it's fantastic. Stop there. Relish the breathtaking view of the uh, the city of Franklin, and you can watch a ball game on some of the major league field replicas. So uh, there you go. Plenty of plenty of reasons to head out to Franklin, Wisconsin. LuxGolfBays.com if you want to make a reservation. That is LuxGolfBays.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tonight's one of those nights. Want to head out to say, like, uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Going to be a little bit warmer. You can watch. I'm sure there's going to be some people out there fishing, some of the boats going in and out right there on Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee. That is Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, home of the Pig Porker Sandwich, but they've got terrific pizzas and wraps and darts and dartboard stuff and places to go and watch uh, watch your favorite sporting event. And uh, like I said, they do so many charitable things out there as well. Don't forget Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. And if you sit outside, you get to overlook the lake, especially come summertime, and just enjoy yourself. Just enjoy yourself. That's what lakefront living is all about. 877-867-1670, uh, If you want to hit us up, I apologize. I didn't get to the uh, phone calls in the last segment. I will take them now. If you want to jump back on board, 877-867-1670. Otherwise, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on uh, on uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook, The Bill Michael Show. Subscribe for free, don't forget, over there on uh, on YouTube as well. Good stuff. Uh, Steve says over on Twitter, says, now that Cobby's in New York, in New York, can he coach up the receivers and Rodgers can go back into the darkness, take the ayahuasca, shove coffee grounds in his rear end until training camp? Uh, You know what? Don't know. Don't know. We'll wait and see. Uh, I would assume that he's going to have, quote, Cobby coach him up, but. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I did, by the way, yes, to answer your question, I did see that ESPN has dropped a new 30 for 30. Uh, it's going to be on Reggie White, the Minister of Defense, just an FYI. That's coming. I'm excited for that. I saw that headline. I was going to mention it later. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Uh, I am excited for that. It is um, Reggie White was, if you listen to the stories for the guys, you go back to, you know, to guys like Brian Noble who were living in that area and, and working with the team. I worked with Brian. I had the privilege of working with Brian for many years doing the uh, Packers postgame show on the network. If you listen to Brett back when, uh, you know, Brett was still with the Packers, listen to, uh, you know, Irv Favre. Irv Favre joined us on the postgame show as well. Everything that Reggie did, and I'm not talking about the church stuff, okay? That's, that's, that's neither here nor there. What I'm talking about is, you know, a guy would be screwing up. You know, just wasn't in it at practice, wasn't, you know, wasn't kind of paying attention to things. And, uh, you know, there'd be a knock on the door in the evening, and there's Reggie standing there. I want to come in and talk to you. Um, You know, guys getting into a little bit of mischief at night. 
want to come and talk to you. He did it to Brett. Reggie came and talked to him, said, hey, we, we got a mission here. We got something we're going to accomplish, you know. Um, and then you just look at his gifted ability. I mean, holy mackerel. He had three straight plays in that game in the in the Super Bowl against the uh, New, England, New England Patriots where he just he took over the game. He It was a big moment. He knew it, and he, he just – he just took over the game. I mean, and I've said time and again that, you know, I I, I know Favre, I know, you know, Rodgers, revered. You know, they bring the title back to title town, and they're the ones that get to hoist the trophy and such. You don't win a Super Bowl without Reggie. You don't win a Super Bowl without Charles. It, you just don't. And... I can honestly say I don't think there's ever going to be another leader like Reggie, another just overall dominant force that just imposes his will at any point in time when he just chooses to do so. I don't know if we'll ever see that specificness again. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a, a good 30 for 30. So I, I, just, I just saw that pop up that, uh, that that's going to happen, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I can't wait to see it. It's also uh, rare that a guy ends up meaning so much to two different places, right? Right. Where we're coming from yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, he is worshipped along like a similar vein. Obviously didn't win football yeah. there, but but still. Right. Oh, no, he was big time. I mean, he was more than loved in Philadelphia, and they hated to see him, see him go. Um. But at the time, you know, obviously not only money, but God had told him to go to Green Bay. So he showed up at ESPN, ESPN Films announced that the production of a 30 for 30 documentary, The Minister of Defense is going to be what it's called. It examines the complex and uh, sometimes controversial life of Reggie White, one of the greatest and most faith-driven players in the NFL, uh, told in part through the never-before-seen footage from a 2004 interview filmed two months before his death. It chronicles both his incredible dominance as one of the best defensive players ever and his spiritual journey as an ordained evangelical minister who questioned his blind faith toward the end of his life, uh, along with interviews with teammates from both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. And the film features Reggie's son, Jeremy. He embarks on a journey to understand his father's life, which ended tragically, as we all know, at the age of 43. We forget that. Uh, the Minister of Defense is a portrait of a man who consistently strived to, quote, do right, but found that sometimes there's no easy answers as to what was right. And the documentary will be directed by Ken Rogers, who uh, also did the Tuck Rule, which was brilliant. Uh, the Bullies of Baltimore, the Two Bills as well, and Cortland Bragg uh, from Hard Knocks Training Camp and Hard Knocks In Season. And all or nothing, and they will announce further details at a later date. But the thirty for thirty is going to be dropping, called the Minister of Defense, and I, I just can't wait, can't wait for that. Looking forward to it. Big number ninety-two, big number ninety-two, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to chime in, feel free to give us a shout. Um, still have another hour of the program yet to go, so we're going to get into a lot of other stuff. Uh, I do want to touch base. Um, uh, I do want to touch base uh, in just a moment um, uh, in regards to uh, some of the Brewers stuff as well. i got some Brewers questions. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It is all coming up, and it's coming up next.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you on board. Our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, whether it's Cunis Automotive, Cunis RVs, you can go to shopcunis.com, S-H-O-P, shopcunis.com. And as far as the automotive side goes, uh, they just uh, let us, uh, they gave us a truck basically for the use for a lot of the uh, the appearances for Fisher House and stuff, to be able to haul some of the equipment around and tents and such and trailers and uh, we needed one, and they stepped forward and said, hey, we'll help you support veterans any way, any shape, anyhow, and they did. And then when it comes to the RV, oh, boy, the RV lifestyle, whether you go to shop. And Cunis, by the way, the fastest growing in the state of Wisconsin and voted the best, the best in the state of Wisconsin, whether it's Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Dutchman, Thor, Nexus like we have. Uh, whether it's a motorhome, fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com or ShopCunis.com, CunisRV.com or ShopCunis.com. You cannot go wrong, and you will be treated right. They're good people, and they support us. They support veterans. They support our cause, which is Fisher House, Wisconsin. So I can't say enough, uh, not only thanks, but enough about our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S. There you go. Um. This one is, uh, this one's from, uh, who's this from? Rip Van Z. Rip Van Z says, uh, I used to watch Reggie White at Packers training camp. He rode my bike once, then got off the bike, grabbed my forehead, and blessed me. My mother said it was a special moment. Rip Van Z, that was a special moment. There you go. Uh, I, there's all kinds of stuff like that with Reggie. I know a lot of people here talk about the church and what happened to the money, um, which is you either come down on the, uh, you know, when, when you say Reggie White in the state of Wisconsin, the first thing you think of is, I, I think for the most, for the most part, the first thing people say is Super Bowl. The second thing they'll say is the money for the church. That's Those are the two things that come up whenever you talk about Reggie White. Um. And I get it. I, I don't know if they're going to – I don't know if they're ever going to. I, I don't know what the 3030 is going to entail when it comes to the fire, the money, the church, and all that stuff. I, I don't know if that's going to be a part of the 30 for 30 or not. I, we just got the details, what I read you earlier today. But uh, but certainly, you know, when you talk about a lauded career, oh, my goodness. Um, both on and off the field for the uh, for the beliefs that he had and the way he tried to – tried to do things the right way we'll say um so it's I'm, I'm looking forward to it i when stuff like that comes up it's like the last dance okay it's like the last dance with michael michael jordan i looked forward to the last dance and i thought it was tremendous i really did but what i would have loved to have seen in the last dance and it wasn't about this okay so someday when the michael jordan biography comes out or the michael jordan behind the scenes comes out Maybe we'll see it. But what you wanted to see was the gambling, the gambling side of things. What what happened? You know, what went on? You'd like to know the truth. Was he really told by, you know, David Stern, uh, you, you're going to have to take some time off because we don't want to publicly suspend you, but the gambling has, 
has, you know, been indicative of some bad decisions and therefore go play baseball or something. And that's what he did. Or did he really genuinely say, I'm just tired of the game. I'm tired of the crap that's going on in Chicago. I'm tired of playing basketball. I'm going to try something else. And then went and did it and realized he wasn't nearly as good at it as maybe he thought he was. And then he comes back and plays basketball again and wins three more championships. I, I don't know. But you would have liked to have seen that 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 can of worms opened up for a true documentary, you know. But then again, remember, it wasn't necessarily about that. It was more about that last dance, that last season. The title of it was what Phil Jackson had written on their their manual, so to speak. You know, um, when they came in for the beginning of that last season, it was on the board. It was written on that paper, the last dance, because he knew he wasn't coming back. So you understand all of that, you know. But when it became that, oh, here's this document, I, you know, I thought, man, it would have been a little bit into that and covering all of that, you know. But with this, a 30 for 30 looking at Reggie White both on and off the field, I don't know how much of that they'll take into consideration. I don't know how much of that they will delve into because you got to look at everything as a whole if you're looking at both sides. Otherwise, you would just say this was the dark side of the faith of Reggie White and what happened and the church and the money and the donations and the Packer faithful and the worldwide faithful coming out and just basically saying, here, take our checks, and then something happened to the cash. So uh, anyway. But that's that that the two things that get brought up. Jason says I don't remember the money in the church. Yeah, yeah, that was that's the two things that are brought up. What happened to that church that you know burned down or whatever happened to it? And then people were going to donate all this money and get back to the church. And the church, I guess, was never rebuilt, and people want to know where the money went. You know, eight seven six. Do you remember that Ben at all? I was not alive. Okay. Or I don't think think so. When did it happen? I was young. I was not present in the headline world, we'll say. (laughs) The Internet was just an infantile thing back then. What year did that happen? Um, God, I want to say 97, 98. Yeah, that was that was when I was uh, being born. So, yeah, hard to remember. Um. Uh, I would have to kind of Google it and just kind of look up, you know, church burns or something like that and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, there was a, the inner city church fire, part of the unsolved mysteries involving Reggie White, a church burning, famous sports stars, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of headlines to it. Um, he was an associate pastor at a church in inner city area of Knoxville, Tennessee, with a congregation of about 450. The ch- church focused on community. Um, yeah, so uh, it ended up, you know, it's a long story, but uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of different stuff there. Anyway, okay, let's do this. We're gonna, we got another hour yet to go. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. The Bill Michael Show is going to continue on. We'll be back. Stick around. <laughs> 